All right, everybody, welcome back to the Eat More, Train Less, and Progress podcast, where I cover topics regarding fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle shifts to help you reduce stress and feel your best. We are now in 2020, and it is still very important that women especially are educated on how to work with their bodies to feel great from the inside out when it comes to nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle. And today I'm going to talk about macronutrients, what they are, how much you need, what you require, um, how to time them accordingly to promote metabolic flexibility just so that you're optimizing your energy sources as well as your performance, your recovery, body composition, cognitive function, and all of that good stuff. So I'm coming from you from the car today, as I did the last time. I often get my ideas either in the shower or in the car. And sometimes I forget about them. Sometimes I write them down. Sometimes I act on them immediately. I'm going to stay hydrated throughout this episode and try to keep it as short sweet and actionable as can be. Um, A lot of you probably know about macronutrients by now, and if you don't, welcome to the world of macronutrients. I actually find it to be very funny when people say, here's a macro-friendly recipe, um, because macronutrients are in pretty much everything. So um, it's really important to understand what they are, what they the percentages that are in your food, um, and then just learning how to read a nutrition label. But to get going, macronutrients are protein, carbs, and fat. So when it comes to macronutrients, you want to be able to get a good, solid combination of all of them. Based on your bio-individuality, you will need more or less of one or the other than the next person. So that's why it's great to have a foundation to get started, um, which is the tools that I hope you take away from today, but also just the self-awareness and ability to tune in and understand, like, this is not your Bible. Um, This is just your baseline, and you can do whatever you need to do to assess and change things according to your needs. And your needs are going to change pretty much as your cycle changes, as your hormones change, as your stress levels change, as um, things in your career and lifestyle change. But without further ado, let's start with my favorite macronutrient, which is protein. So if you're listening to this podcast, it is likely you spend time in the gym, whether you go to a spin class, a bar class, you go to boxing, you have a personal trainer or you follow a strength training program, maybe you go to CrossFit, whatever. Protein is your magic bullet, ladies. You have got to be incorporating protein on the reg in every single meal that you have and from good quality sources. So what I mean by that is simply relying on protein powders or 
protein bars or protein cookies or whatever supplementation of protein, that's going to likely leave you feeling pretty bloated, pretty gassy, and not necessarily the most optimal amino acid profile to produce muscle synthesis, muscle growth, recovery, um, and improved body composition, among other things. So when it comes to how much protein you want to be intaking, this varies person to person. And while it seems a little extreme, especially for those who still consider peanut butter and nuts and beans a source of protein, um, I'm here to tell you that we're going to cut that out. Yes, they have protein in them, but they are not your protein-heavy source to go with. Um, and I will give you some examples of those as well. But you want to be getting a gram of protein per pound of body weight. Now, you can give yourself a sliding scale. So let's say 0.8 grams to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. Now, I recommend body weight because it's easier to calculate because you stand on a scale boom, there's your body weight, and you can do the calculations yourself. So instead of figuring out your lean body mass and all that stuff, which is going to change as your body changes and as you get after your fitness and health goals, so let's just stick to body weight as your um, con consistent measurable when it comes to finding out your nutritional needs. Um, so you know, just grab a calculator, take 150 pounds times 0.8. So that would be 120 grams of protein as your bare minimum for the day. So you could just set it to be 120 grams to 150 grams of protein per day. Now, when it comes to meal frequency, meal timing, getting five to six meals a day in, getting two to three meals a day in, it doesn't matter how you want to go about it. I think it's a lot easier for individuals to consume smaller, more frequent meals as they get started because having 60-ish um, grams of protein within two meals may feel very challenging initially. Um, but that is going to be discussed later on on a different episode. Um, so for now, you know, let's say you're going to eat 120 grams of protein divided by four meals. That's 30 grams of protein within each meal. So how do you, how do you know how much protein is in something? Simply look at the nutrition label. Or you can look it up on MyFitnessPal, on Google. When you look up something, just look it up as either raw or cooked as eggs become cooked, ground beef becomes cooked, raw chicken becomes cooked, etc. Most people like to measure or portion out their food once it's cooked. So that's my that's my little tidbit um, recommendation for you when it comes to weighing out and figuring out protein uh, in grams. But you can you can assume about four to six grams of protein weighed out cooked or, you know, just a palm 
maybe a little bit more than your palm, would be about 30 grams of protein that you would need to get started in your meal. Still drinking that water. So when it comes to protein, it's important to make sure that you're adding flavor to your food. You can cook it in grass-fed butter with some sea salt and pepper. You can add some garlic or onions or carrots, etc., to just kind of get some really good juicy flavors going so that your food doesn't feel um, flavorless or boring. Um, I do like to share recipes with my clients so that they don't feel like they're eating the same things all the time. But I will say, you know, when it comes to getting started, having some batched food, some frittata, some meatballs, um, stews and things like that are a really great place to start, staples to begin with. So now you have your protein requirement in place on your sliding scale of 0.8 to 1 gram of protein, I want to talk to you guys about fat. So we need fat to produce hormones, to have great cognitive function, to digest our food. We need cholesterol from our food in order to have a good sex drive, get a good period, keep our hormone balance right and that balance, I was going to say that twice, It's just very important and we as a society are so used to low-fat trend and now it's even more confusing when it comes to ketogenic diets and high-fat diets, etc., that trend, but pretty much anything less than 50 grams a day is not necessarily a spot you want to be in and when it comes to protein and fats, you can get some good quality fats from your protein sources. And that's why we want to make sure we're getting quality sources of protein. So when it comes to our eggs, you know, getting them from the gas station, maybe not the best unless you're able to find some awesome brand that is going to provide uh, delicious yolk for you. Um, and then when it comes to meats, you want to go grass-fed, grain-free, vegetarian-fed. Um, having Getting a fattier chunk of meat is actually going to be um, better for your wallet and a little bit more affordable. So things that I like to look into when it comes to getting good sources of fat while getting my protein and killing two birds with one stone I love a good New York strip or a ribeye. I love um, chicken sausages, not the kinds that are like prepackaged, but actually at a butcher shop. Um, chicken sausage, Italian sausage, um, just making sure that they're nitrated, nitrate-free. Um, and you can just ask the butcher about the quality of the sausage if that's um, something that you're looking out for. Then you can also think about chicken thighs, getting some shredded chicken thighs in your nutrition for the day is a super tasty and delicious way to get protein and fat in. Um, and then, so percentage-wise, you want to get about 40% of your daily intake from healthy fats. So 
you're not just going to get your protein or your fat from protein alone. However, you can get a good amount from them. You're also going to get your fat from oils and nuts and seeds, getting a good variety of omega-3s, unsaturated, saturated, etc. So avocado oil, olive oil, olives, any type of nut, um, as long as your digestion and you're allergy-free of that, nut butters, um, grass-fed butter, you can also have yogurt, so I really like to have Siggy's, the 4%, so there's only 4 grams of fat there, so I usually put some nuts on top or some seeds, um, cheese seeds, etc. So anything that has the majority of its contents is fat is a, an excellent way to add more fat into your diet. So we have your protein requirements down. We have a good percentage of fat that you need to be adding into your diet. And then we want to discuss carbohydrates because everybody loves a carbohydrate. However, it's important to be utilizing them appropriately um, and looking at the different varieties of carbs, just like we look at the different varieties of proteins and fats, to use them optimally, to use them for the purpose served, um, to provide us power and energy and recovery in our workouts, also support hormonal health, and get really good micronutrients in from fruits and vegetables. So when it comes to carbohydrates, you're getting a good 30-ish percent of your nutrients from carbs. So protein, we're going to range 30 to 40%. Fats, you're going to range 40%. And then carbs, around 30%, give or take. Um, I have a great post about the plate method. If you want to take a look at that, I will try to connect it to the show notes so that you can have a good visual. But your carbohydrates are going to come from starches and then non-starchy vegetables. And then you have your fruits, which have a glycemic index from the most fast-acting sugar to the lowest digesting sugar. And... It's just important to be aware of those things. I personally do not eat fruit. I've never been a fruit person. The only time that I do is when my blood sugar is crashing and I need it. But when it comes to carbohydrates, if you are going to a morning class, an afternoon class, an evening class, making sure that you are aiming to get those starches, so your rice, your potatoes, your bread, that kind of stuff, pasta, etc. around that time will allow your body to utilize that type of energy best so that you're not just hanging on to it, waiting to use it later in the day, therefore potentially storing it, storing fat, etc. So you want to be able to use your glycogen, when you need to use it for performance and recovery. And then you want to be able to use your fat for cognitive function and then for that low-impact, low-intensity 
sitting at the desk doing computer work, hustling to meetings, going on errands type of energy that you're going to need throughout the day. It's also going to keep you free from cravings, free from mood swings, free from energy dips, etc. If you actually end up intaking more starchy carbohydrates than needed, you could run into blood sugar dysregulation, causing highs and and lows, and that causes all kinds of sleep disorders and mood disorders and all like cognitive issues in the long term. So that's why this is the most important timing macronutrient that I am going to suggest for the day. So your starches, your your glycogen that you're going to use for your performance and recovery, please time those around that that session, um, that workout, that class. And then you can put your vegetables and your berries and all that stuff in the meals around it. So hopefully that gives you a clear vision of what your intake should look like um, when it comes to getting this new year off the ground, getting your body balanced, feeling like you can eat the foods that you want to eat, feeling nourished, feeling satisfied, feeling clear and calm and collected about your choices around food. Like, get away from the frozen food section. Get away from the low-calorie bars. Get away from the fat-free, low-fat, no-fat items and just really focus on getting as much whole food sources as you humanly as humanly possible. And I I trust me, I will use protein powder when I have to. Sometimes I don't feel like eating, but I know I need to get some nutrients in, so I go for a smoothie with a quick protein powder, some berries, um, full fat cashew milk or almond milk maybe just water, and I'll add in some peanut butter, cashew butter, something like that to give it a little thick richness, and then that will keep me, that will keep me feeling nice and satisfied for hours to come, and the goal here is to feel satiated between four to six hours, so you can get rid of this food obsession, and you can get rid of worrying about where your next meal is going to come from and you can get rid of feeling hangry and you can get rid of just all of the noise around food that we've been taught to think about. And I'm not basing, I'm not going to give you calories or or suggest that you really count calories as you get started here. I would rather you look at your plate and say, okay, self, does it look like I have 30% of this plate full of protein? Does it look like there's 30 or 40% of this plate from fat? Does it look like there's about 30% of this plate from carbs and what kind of carbs and just kind of like educating yourself through your, your meal and then identifying how you feel afterwards? So are you full 30 minutes after? Are you full two hours after? Are you full three hours after? Are you getting really hungry an hour and a half after? 
Are you getting really hungry 30 minutes after? Being able to tune into your hunger cues and your body's signs and symptoms and response to the way that you're nourishing it and treating it is going to help you then shift your plan around to best fit and suit your needs. And this is how I work with a lot of my clients. We go through an initial assessment, food and mood journaling, going over history of nutrition and diet and exercise, looking at types of nutrient deficiencies, types of specific dysfunction that might be going on, allergies, day-to-day lifestyle habits and behaviors, and slowly but surely tuning in, discussing, communicating, and shifting things so that they can move on, progress with their goals without going to any type of extremes because when it comes to some of these plans out there, it's a plan and it's generic and it works, but it's something that is considered viable to you for a period of time. It's something that you don't think about, you just do it, and then all of a sudden you crash and burn or it didn't work out or it didn't last as long as you wanted to, et cetera, et cetera, and that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to make lifelong lasting progress and self-awareness and education within yourself and your health so that you can carry that in your lifetime, at work, at home, on vacation, just feel more confident in your skin and in the gym and be able to pass that along to your loved ones and maybe some other people around you. Um, It's very, very powerful and yes, it takes time and it takes a lot of Um, self-reflection and a little extra energy here and there, but it's totally, totally worth it. And I highly, highly recommend taking these tips and applying them even to your meal that you're potentially having while you listen to this episode or after you listen to this episode. Ask yourself if it has all of the percentages and or identify the type of percentage that your meals had for the day and how you feel at the end of the day and how you feel in the morning and how you slept and all of that good stuff because how you move and how you eat and how you live your life affects you on such a great level, on a cellular level. So when you're feeling off, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling stressed and frustrated and all that fun stuff that we experience as adults and even as teenagers, which is why nutrition is very important for children and teens as well, you can look at, you can change a lot of variables and look at a lot of variables that you have complete control over. Um, so, yeah, you guys, that's that's all I wanted to talk about today. Um, I will definitely be trying to load that plate method um, up on the the show page and the show notes, which I haven't done yet, but I'm going to pretend like I know how to do that because that's what I hear at the end of every podcast. Um, If you are looking for some more in-depth assessments, if you're looking for personalized coaching, nutrition, meal plans, personal training, any type of that stuff where you just want to simply chat with me and get a little nerdy and find out more about why I got into this or why you're into this, connect as a nutritional therapy practitioner, whatever it may be, 
Um, you can find me at Janie Soul underscore Grillo on Instagram. You can also email me at Janie.Soul.Grillo at gmail.com to inquire about coming on the show or about coaching services. And I look forward to hearing what you guys think about this show, if it was helpful, if it was useful, if you have more questions about anything that I've discussed today, keeping it pretty short and sweet. I got to get home to my dog, but I will chat with you all on the next episode where I will discuss training routines and ways to optimize your time in the gym without obsessing about getting to the gym every single day. We do need rest. We do need to feel our best. Have a great night, everybody.